Hey, we are up to Genesis chapter 33 today, and thank you for joining me. Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau was coming, <laughs> and with him 400 men. He divided the children between Leah, Rachel, and the two servants. He put the servants and their children in the front, Leah and her children after, and Rachel and Joseph at the rear. He himself passed over in front of them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. Esau ran to meet him, embraced him, and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. He lifted up his eyes and saw the women and the children and said, Who are these with you? He said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the servants came near with their children, and they bowed themselves. Leah also and her children came near and bowed themselves. After them, Joseph came near with Rachel, and they bowed themselves. Esau said, What do you mean by all this company which I met? Jacob said, To find favour in the sight of my Lord. Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Let that which you have be yours. Jacob said, Please, no, if I have found favour in your sight, then receive my present at my hand, because I have seen your face as one sees the face of God and you were pleased with me. Please take the gift that I have brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. He urged him and he took it. Esau said, let's take our journey and let's go and I will go with you. Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are tender and that the flocks and herds with me have their young. And if I overdrive them one day, all the flocks will die. Please let my Lord pass over before his servant and I will lead on gently according to the pace of the livestock that are before me and according to the pace of the children until I come to my Lord to see her. Esau said, let me now leave with you some of the people who are with me. He said, why? Let me find favour in the sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day on his way to see her. Jacob travelled to Sukkoth built himself a house and made shelters for his livestock. Therefore he named the place Sukkoth. Jacob came in peace to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. When he came from Paddan Aram, he encamped before the city. He bought the parcel of ground where he spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hamor, Shechem's father, for 100 pieces of money. He erected an altar there and called it El Eloi Israel. Jacob gets his family in order. He puts the servants and their children first, and then his least favourite wife and her children next, and then his favourite wife, Rachel, and her son, Joseph, next. So he has the, them kind of in an order of, of who's going to get attacked first is the one I'd prefer to lose first. So terrible sounding. And um, I... You know, the Bible never goes into the details of some of the, you know, how did everyone feel about this and... And I imagine how you would feel if you were, say, those servant, those servant women or the children of those servant women. You would, you'd look at your brothers and you'd think, well, they're better than me. And, well, you know, but you'd, you'd feel, I don't know, the, the feelings are so, would be so complicated. And favoritism has these nasty effects. And we're going to find out later in Genesis some of the effects of favoritism on these boys when Joseph is clearly the favorite son but here we see a sign of it earlier in the story 
that Jacob loved this, this one wife and this one son more than all the rest. And that's natural because that's the wife that he worked for for seven years to marry and that's the one he chose. And the others kind of were given to him outside of his choices. And he didn't choose this crazy family situation of four women and 13 children, 12 sons and one daughter that we know of. This wasn't a choice of his. Well, one of the sons wasn't born yet. So 11 sons and one daughter that we know of at this point. This wasn't his, his choice. And in the world today, we've got a lot of unusual family situations. Certainly we know what the Lord's preference was. Right from the beginning of the Garden of Eden, God chose one man and one woman, and that's the ideal situation for raising children. But in the world today, there are many different situations. There are situations where people have been divorced, they've remarried, there are stepchildren. There are situations in some places where there is polygamy in, in Africa and in, in Muslim countries, sometimes even with Mormons. There are, there are situations where children are raised by grandparents or, or sometimes children are, are um, adopted or fostered. There are all sorts of family situations in the world today that are, that are just as unusual as this one that Jacob found himself in. And Jacob, he didn't seem to hide the fact that he had a favorite, but favoritism is a nasty, nasty problem. And it has an effect on the lives of the people who, who are involved in it. And we need to avoid favoritism at all costs. And this is something we need to avoid in our natural families, and we need to avoid it in the church as well. Later on in the book of James, um, he, he warned the, you know, the early church about favoritism. He said, if a rich man comes in among you, don't give them the best seat, but treat the rich and the poor alike. And it's the same, if you're a school teacher, don't have favorites. Now, it, it's natural that you're gonna have a, a child that's well-behaved and pleasant and, and and um, does what you say and, and they like you. It, there's always going to be better, better and less behaved people. Even in your own family, it's like that. But you know, we've got to do our best to put favoritism behind us. As a parent, sometimes you may find that you've got stepchildren, foster children, grandchildren, people that you're raising that you don't have a natural affection for, but you need to find it by God's grace. And in the church, there are people that we don't naturally like, uh, you know, we naturally like some people and we naturally don't like some people. Well, but in the church, we need to find that grace to love God's people. And that's something we do through prayer. So finally, Jacob meets his brother Esau. His brother gives him a hug and they embrace. And it must have been a great relief. <laughs> and you know what? It's an answer to prayer, a huge answer to prayer. I said in the last chapter that Jacob had three adversaries. The first was Laban, the second was the Lord. He wrestled with the Lord all night. And the third here is Esau. And I think that he overcame Esau, his adversary Esau by overcoming with the Lord in prayer. When he overcame his second adversary, um, he really overcame his third adversary, which was fear. Even though Esau was, was his third adversary, it was fear that he, that he was really wrestling with. And uh, when he meets his brother, he calls him, you, you know, here I am, your servant. And, and um, all of his children and wives, they refer to themselves as your servants. So there was a very humble attitude and you can see Jacob's changed a lot since um, when they were younger. And so Jacob finally overcomes the third of his adversaries, fear. 
And in our lives, we all struggle with fear at times. I know I do. Everyone does. There's things we worry about. Well, we will overcome our fears in the same way through our prayer, through going to the Lord. So Father, right now we bring before you our fears, our fears of the future, our fears of, of things not turning out, our fears of failure, our fears of not being loved, our fears of lots of other things too. And we ask, Lord, for grace to be able to face our fears just like Jacob faced his brother Esau. Lord, let that grace be at work in us today. Let us come into a revelation of the love of God because you said that perfect love casts out fear. So Lord, show us your face in Jesus' name. Amen.